As it is every single week, today's episode of Lee Summit Town Hall is brought to the people of Lee Summit by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Jason, we've talked about this before. I'm going to say it again. Automation. It's the wave of the future. All hail our robot shade overlords. You know, and not only is it cool, automation cool. It might make even you cool, Jason. No, nothing can make either of us cool. <laughs> it can be cool stuff we do, but we will not be cool. But it's also the safer choice for your children, for your pets. And and here's a little tidbit. October coming up in, in just a few weeks, four or six weeks. It is Window Covering Safety Month. There we go. And so it's here's time an to think about being safe. Automate your shades. Get rid of those darn strings. Make your life a little bit easier, a little bit safer, and a little bit more secure. So if you need some new window coverings for your house, head on out to Budget Blinds of Lee Summit right in the heart of downtown. Tell them Jason Nick sent you. Jason, it took a year off, but it's back. Chili Fest is back. Oh, oh Chili Fest. I'm so excited. I am, I am literally excited about this. Tell me a little bit about Chili Fest. Well, look. Well, first of all. The Link to Lee Summit team, we're taking home some hardware. We are. We are we in, are. and we're going to win. This is an awesome community event and competition. And the other thing that we love is it is benefiting some good people in town. It's benefiting cold water of Lee Summit. So if you love to eat chili, you love to make chili, you love to eat salsa or make salsa, eat wings or make wings, this is the fest for you. Not only you can you can come bring a team. It's a great team building event for your company or your organization. You can cook in two different styles of chili, salsa and wings. Or if you're more the eating type, and honestly, looking at the both of us, Nick, we are definitely included in the eating type. But we're gonna do a little cooking. You can come. You can buy yourself a spoon. You can go around all the booths, sample all the good stuff that they're putting out for the competitions, and have an off awesome opportunity. If you want more in information, where can we go? It's real simple. Get on that computer device, that big box in your pocket, your phone. Head to bridgespace.us slash chilifest for more information. Help out some people in town and eat some good food. Hello again and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who will not stop listening to the new Taylor Swift album. And look, 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 what it's you got Nick wrong Parker. with T-Swift? He's the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. Come oh, on. no, I love me some Tay-Tay. I'm just saying. I mean, look. Maybe pick something different, I'll shake it up, throw a little something in with it. I'm even going to tie this into one of our favorite recurring guests, Downtown Lee Summit's Julie Cook. It was her birthday. You know what happened on her birthday? Taylor received released that album for her birthday. That's exactly what for happened. Julie. I think actually. I, well, I, I think that might be the album title. Actually, this is for Julie. Yeah. All right. Link to Lee Summit is the source for all the news you need about this very fine city, and our unofficial sponsor today is Makeup Beer. I came in after last week's pronouncements about how betrayed I felt because someone. Got wings in an interview that I was not invited to, and there was beer here for me. It was a special event called Wings for Podcast. Hey, look, I get your special event, and I'm <laughs> going to do something very unpleasant with it. But this week, there's makeup beer, and I'm very happy to have it. And so I'm just going to say, I almost forgive you. Speaking of wings, Jason, that event is coming up, Wings for Water, on September 5th, right in the heart of Lee Summit in downtown at Bridge Space. 
It's a great event, community event. This is the third time uh, they've run it, raising money to provide access to clean water for those who need it all around the world. There's wings. There's wings. There'll be football to watch. It's the kickoff of the season. So come on out. You can eat. It doesn't cost you to get in. You you vote with your dollars. So you walk around to the booths with the wings. You vote on the ones that you think are your favorite with your dollars. And if you listened to our episode with Wings for Water's Chris Turney a week ago, there might even be a special prize if you eat wings at every single tent. That sounds like a personal life challenge. Look, I already told him I'm 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 gonna do that. All right. This may be a that may be a town hall contest to see who can who can rip through all those things. So be here September fifth, five thirty to at the bridge space to uh, to get that. And we'll uh, we'll have a little bit more about this later on. All right. Well, Jason, there's not a lot really going on. You know, we kind of like to have the show be around what are the hot topics, what are what are everyone talking about. There's really really not a uh, much going on. I do want to make a note about one thing. The the Summit R7 School District Board of Education decided to offer the interim superintendent's job to their acting superintendent, Dr. Emily Miller. So she will hold that post for the remainder of this school year. Okay, can I pick a bone? Well, every once in a while I let you do that. I got a little. It's a, it's a, small, it's a small thing. So if you... Dr. Miller was uh, the acting superintendent when the the new teacher con- the teacher convocation was moved from the Abundant Life Church to a district facility, which is a a standard event that every school district does, right? As kind of a hey, kick off to back to school, and and that was done in response to some concerns that uh, some teachers raised last year and then reiterated this year about some of the the published stances of of the church and 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 we i think we talked about that and we and we would agree i think that that was a good thing that was done i think i think especially based on the context of the school district in the last two years where there has been a lot of talk about listening to people and understanding different perspectives so that when i think i think the way i looked at it was if teachers had made this concern known a year ago and and showed how big a role it played in, in, in their thought they felt ignored this year. And so I think they made the right decision in the end. I think they did too. And so uh, and and honestly at the end that should have been the end of the conversation, end of the story as a whole. But there was some news media put out and, and echoed uh through uh the the community recently about how that she had gone and spoken at uh, the church and apologized for doing that and and a lot was made in the in the the media coverage that this was somehow sort of an apology like the district did the wrong thing and and what have you and and I found that a little bit unsettling at first and then so I did something that perhaps not enough of us do on a regular enough basis I went in and actually read and and dug into the actual words that were said and some of the things that were put forth and and her apology and I'm going to kind of air quote that wasn't much of an apology it was it, it literally was one of those I'm sorry that your feelings got hurt uh statements and nothing in any of the published comments that I saw that Dr. Miller made did she say that the district was wrong in the decision? In fact, I think she very clearly said 
in the context of what we were doing, we thought it was the best thing to move it to a district facility to honor the, the concerns of our staff. I question whether why one would want to go give that speech in the first place, providing, and I don't want to use the word cover because that's not quite the right word, but providing an opportunity for this stance, which I think rightfully people are concerned with. I think she did the absolutely right thing for her position. Okay. And and I but I wonder is that by going there you give you give coverage cover and you don't allow for I think what my concern is is that in in the right world of things or in the big world of things I think an ideal solution would have been for the the church to have a conversation with themselves as to do we want to hold these public stances if it's going to cost us this kind of an interaction in the future or cost us this I goodwill in the community I think we're talking about two different things. Two very, two very different things. <clears throat> and the church can have whatever stance and belief it wants. It is its own thing. Absolutely. And, and there are people in that – it is a huge church that does a lot of good things in the community. And there are people that have beliefs one way or another even within that church, right? But I think what we're talking about here is – the role of the acting superintendent. And when I say I think she did the right thing, she did two right things. One, I think she listened to to a group of people that work for her, and she understood their concerns, and she made a change based on that. I think that was a good thing. And I'll agree with you on that. The second thing I think she did, because being the de facto CEO of the district – she went to that church and she explained their decision and said, this is why. That is a good political move. That's exactly what you're supposed to do when you run a huge organization in a community. That's keeping the peace among the groups. And, and so I don't, really have, I don't really have a problem with that. That's exactly what she was supposed to do. I, I just a question if we're especially when we're, we're in the process and, and the whole basis of this is that we've had this, this long conversation about equity and and I think the net impact, I'll say it that way, the net impact in the community that might should be having this conversation is that they don't feel like they have to have the conversation because the superintendent came in and said, oh, we were wrong. Well, and even though that's not what she actually said, by, by going in and providing that opportunity, then you as the school district are not, you are, you are, and, and this is, you know, this gets into that, and this is a, a topic that I tackle, and this is a topic that our our guest with us today um, will tackle. Is that you have to, at a certain point, you have to draw a line between doing your job and and trying to save the whole world. Um, and and it's something that you know, it's like you have to say, my job is as a as this entity, as a school district. Our job is to educate these students and and deal with those sorts of things. And I'm the CEO of this organization that does that. Her job is not to save the world right but and and i think the good that's done in the district has those sorts of echoing effects and and being aware of those echoing effects is something that is of of use and import and where to draw that line is a question and and i'm not like i'm not mad at dr miller for doing it i just i'm not sure it turned out how she might have expected on the overall scheme of things and and it's a question that maybe the district you know they need to pay attention to as we are getting into this conversation about equity and inclusion and what have you. I look at that more of she was consoling a, a group of people that do a lot of good things in the community that at, for this very specific thing had offered 
for free this huge space and facility to the district. And they felt attacked. They felt like people were accusing them of things. And so I think she did exactly what a, a, an executive of a large organization should do, which is go and consult them and say this is not a personal attack, which it wasn't, by, right. the, by the way. No, the district did I don't, none of I don't sort. think it was. The, the, the district attacked them, nor anyone else. But I, I, I think what it was is, is it, she needed to do this. She said, some people that work for me had concerns. It made them uncomfortable for us to do it here. So in an effort to better serve all of the people that work for me, we moved the event. Right, and I don't and think I and I have that. absolutely no wrong with her then going and and making that explanation to it, and and and, like, and honestly, I don't know that we need to talk too much more about it because, to me, it's not it's not worth that much time. No, it's it just isn't that big of a deal. It's just a function of I think you just you know in this situation where we are now that the, there's a heightened the viewpoint there's a magnifying glass on the district and the decisions they make and the things they do and and this is for better or worse really dr miller's first sort of public foray as superintendent either interim acting or otherwise and you know it's it it's an interesting thing to draw and to put out there on the page and and just for for the district to, to be knowledgeable of and and you know to because the way you say when you say things you know you have to attend to how they're going to be going forth as as it goes. Because if if all I read, I would say it this way. If I were one of the people that had gone to the staff members that had gone to the, the district and said, this makes me uncomfortable. And then the several weeks later, I saw a news article that says, superintendent apologizes to church for removing article. I would feel as though my position weren't particularly valued. And that's something that that I think she probably needed to be more aware of than she was. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Um, if you saw that headline, I would consider the source. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But just just to put that out there that those are the news items that are coming. All right. Moving forward. All right. Well, speaking of of schools. I want to uh, take a moment before we get to our special guest for this week uh, to remind people that this Friday, our Friday conversation episode this week is the the third and final of what we've been calling the Teen Takeover. Um, this has stemmed from the, the Community Task Force on Youth Mental Health and Suicide Prevention. And as this community conversation kept going, we had a visit from some teens and they had this awesome idea. Hey, you, you know what a conversation about youth mental health needs? perspective of youth well that's just crazy talk so they asked and i said sure why not they wanted some time they wanted some time on the microphones to talk about things that matter to them basically speaking for their generation to their generation about youth mental health about how the role technology plays in their lives and about their own experiences so this week you're even going to hear some of them tell their stories about about their own struggles with with mental health and things that have 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 caused extra stress in their life as as they move on. So this will be the the last of that. Um, I don't want to say it's the last of these type of conversations because I have a feeling we're going to do more. So so as you listen to them, if you have some 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 thoughts or questions back, please send them back to us through the the Facebook page, link to Lee Summit, or our Twitter account at LS Town Hall, or you can even 
even email me, nick at linktoleadsummit.com. We want to know more, and I think these conversations will continue. I urge you to, to, to go listen to the previous two Fridays if you haven't, and to listen again this Friday. All right. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break. And then we come back, we're going to have an interview with Matt Sanning, the Executive Director of Lee Summit Social Services. Today's episode of Lee Summit Town Hall has been brought to the people by FirstStepForHelp.com. First Step for Help is a free service to meet the behavioral health needs of this community. We focus on the state of Missouri, but they extend their reach across state lines to include the entire metropolitan area. They're highly trained, master's-level clinicians accept and handle calls from anyone who needs help. Multilingual, always confidential, these conversations are. FirstStepForHelp.com is the 24-hour mental health crisis helpline operated by ComCare, which is a not-for-profit behavioral health management organization that works in collaboration with community behavioral health centers and other providers to continually improve access to affordable high-quality, and effective behavioral health services. Their vision is a community where people are efficiently and effectively connected with high-quality behavioral health services, supporting wellness and productivity of all. You can visit ComCare at comcare1.org or firststepforhelp.com. And Jason, just one last thing. Look, this is for not only people who are in crisis themselves or thinking help, thinking they need help, but if you've got a friend or a loved one you think is is in need of help, hit this website. They can help you out. It's firststepforhelp.com. We're here with Matt Sanning, the Executive Director of Lee Summit Social Services. Matt, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. That is excellent. So we have had you on. You are one of our most frequent guests and one of our favorites, as it turns out. Not not just because you brought beer with you today and, and it always makes these interviews go much better, but because you you provide, you work with one of, uh, one of the pillars of our nonprofit community here. But you're here a little earlier this year than, than we've had you in the past. Why, why for did we have you on so soon? Well, we've had a busy year. We've had a lot going on at the agency, and last year uh, we visited a little bit closer to the holiday season when we run our uh, Christmas store, and this year thought we would try to uh, enhance the impact by sharing the story of what we do and, and why we're doing it earlier on in the season, so that way as people gear up for their holiday giving and they, they, they get the holidays in mind, um, you know, we get to share that message and, and, and find out what kind of impact we can make in the community. Well, let's, let's get into that a little bit. Uh, for those that don't know you and don't know Lee Summit Social Services, who are you serving? How are you making an impact in the community? Well, so our agency was primarily geared around food and utility assistance um, back in 1992 when we were, were started. Um, and we have a primary focus on Lee Summit, Lone Jack, Lake Lottawana, and Greenwood, Missouri. Our primary focus is to help those with disabilities, low-income families, um, and families who have a financial need in general um, to assist them in a number of different ways, not just gifts and, and not just utility assistance, but also budget counseling, um, legal guidance. If there's medical needs that, that, that they have, we're able to get them in contact with those individuals if we don't have those uh, resources available to us, uh, as well as other counseling services. And so we try to fill the need wherever it might be. Um, and we've found that um, poverty has evolved 
and the need has evolved in this community in particular. And so we try to stay in front of that and try to help where we can. I think one of the things that that surprised me a little as as I got to know Lee Summit Social Services um, was that that other aspect of counseling services and, and assistance. Tell me a little bit about that and the role that plays and that you go beyond just providing some some financial assistance and some food assistance. Kind of kind of what those other things entail and 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 why that's an important part of your services. Well, we look at a lot of what we do as triage, and so when an individual comes in or a family comes in. Um, it, it, you know, they might come in for the most basic of needs, which is food or clothing. And then what we try to do through conversations and through that counseling aspect is we try to find out how they got there and, and why we're still in this situation. And it might be a lack of job opportunities. It might be a lack of, um, just overall financial, uh, 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 resources, but we can't understand why these families are living in this situation unless we understand more of their story and what's happening. And so we work really hard to understand that and then to connect them with the resources that we have available in this community. Now, the cool thing is we have a ton of resources available in this community. Folks like Hillcrest Transitional Housing, um, the Rediscover, the other counseling services, uh, medical resources. We have so many resources available to our community. And so it's just a matter of, of, of playing that, uh, that, that, that role of you know, connecting uh, the individuals with the resources available. And so the counseling that we can do in-house is somewhat limited. But when an individual comes in and doesn't know where to start, that's when we're able to say, we have five resources available to you, and all you got to do is give them a call, make an appointment, and you'll get set up. And then where they take that from that point, um, that's really up to them and with their family dynamic. And so we're able to do that, but then provide them with the essential needs as we're making our way through this process. You, you mentioned in, in an <clears throat> earlier response that um, poverty has evolved or changed over time. How How is that n- I guess, what does it look like now, and maybe how is that a little bit different than in the past? Well, we know that that the uh, Affordable Care Act, you know, changed the way medical insurance looks. And right, wrong, or indifferent, whatever it is, these families have to know how to navigate that process. Um, not all families are eligible for Medicaid or Medicare, and so we have to help them navigate, um, you know, some of the legalese and some of the, some of the processes that they have to go through. Um, and then when we look at cell phones, you, back in 1992, when we started, um, you know, Southwestern Bell was providing our, 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 our home phone service, and the cost of that was, was minimal. Um, it, you know, it was probably more expensive or viewed as more expensive at that time. But now we have cell phones and we have contracts. We have insurance that we have to have everything insured. Um, and, 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 and so we have ongoing expenses. And for a family's uh, monthly budget, it's changed a lot because of so much that's going out on a monthly basis. The subscriptions, the fees, Internet, cable service. All of that stuff we have to look at and we have to understand how we're budgeting differently than maybe what we learned from our parents who, who, who had different subscriptions or different, um, a different monthly budgeting technique. Plus, culturally speaking, um, you know, we've lost a little bit. You know, Depression-era families um, learned to budget in a different way. They learned to um, recycle and repurpose items um, that it's not available now or, or, or – it's it, you know the ability to 
to just replace a chip and a TV um, is a little different. So the expenses and the dynamics in those households have changed. And so we're trying to help navigate that with all the monthly pressures that families are feeling. Um, and, and then in a number of different ways, mental health um, and, and, and other aspects that have all kind of ticked up, or at least are, we have more awareness of now than what we had in the past. Part of those things that you were just talking about are, are a, a back-to-school program that you just finished. Tell us a little bit about how that works and, and, and what all went into, into that program. So we just finished our back-to-school program. We started enrolling uh, families into that program right after school ended. And so it's really difficult for a lot of families to think about going back to school as soon as they get done with school. Um, but our back-to-school program served 408 children, uh, and we were able to uh, provide backpacks all the supplies uh, uh, for their grade level and for their school, as well as new shoes and new clothing. That program uh, is expensive to run, and it's one of the challenges that we have every year, making sure that we have uh, enough uh, of the financial support to provide for that program. As much as we want to receive donations of shoes and and, and uh, jeans and shirts and back-to-school supplies, it's one of the things that we're able to do or have been able to do is go purchase those based on the children that come in for our program uh, because not everybody's a size 11 shoe. Um, not everybody needs a, you know, a three-inch binder, um, but they do need a one-inch binder. And if we don't get those in donations, that, that creates a little bit of a challenge. So being able to go shop for those is big. But this year was a really successful year for our program. We had a lot of great volunteers, a lot of great support from um, community partners, businesses, um, and churches, uh, as well as uh, the foundations that were able to support the program. So, yeah, we're grateful we were able to do that for the 408 children and, and uh, certainly expect for that program to continue to grow um, as, as the awareness of our community grows. And, uh, and so we just hope to be able to keep up. So as we as we roll into the fall, we are getting a little bit of a head start, at least compared to past years, about raising awareness for the, the, the wintertime, the Christmas time. Um, thing so tell us what uh what your what that program hopes to do and then and and what your what your needs are there well so right now we're kind of in a lull um a lot of a lot of food pantries this time of year who who depend on community community donations um find themselves in in a bit of a uh, uh a slump i guess so to speak because a lot of the church uh, groups are out, a lot of the schools are out, and people are enjoying their summer. And so one of the challenges is the, the number of items that we have in our food pantry. Even during the summer, we still distribute between forty and 50,000 pounds worth of food every single month. And so when that pantry drops down, we don't, uh, we don't freak out, but we realize that there is a need that we have to make up because when we get into the holiday season, it becomes one of the more expensive times of the year between the gas bills, the utility bills, um, and, and just the general cost of the season, families have a larger need um, from late October until late December. And so what we try to do is accommodate those needs. We generally see um, you know, a couple hundred families that come in that may not have had needed assistance throughout the year, but need it during that time of the year because of the cost of the season. And so what we're trying to do is get the word out. Uh, we are going to have our Christmas store, just as we always have, and um, we anticipate about 700 children right now. And we're getting ready to start with the enrollments. Uh, it'll be in October that we start enrollments, but we're going to start seeing these families come in, and then we're going to start talking to them about their budget and about how they're, how they're doing financially, 
uh, if it's the first connection that we've had with them that year or, or in 2019, then we're going to go through a lot more detail. Um, if they're monthly recipients of, of our pantry, then we'll get to do a touch base and, and find out what's going on with their household dynamic. But, you know, it, it costs a lot to keep the lights on, and it costs a lot to make sure that their utility bills are, are cared for. Um, and, and, and then just our general ability to function, um, you know, has a, has a price. And it's a price that we have to pay in order to provide this assistance. And so our hope is that whether you want to support that holiday program or support us financially, you were trying to put mechanisms in place to make it super easy. And every nonprofit has a financial need. And if they didn't, then, you know, they're probably not sharing the whole story. What we want to do is not necessarily grow, but what we want to do is continue to meet the needs that we have in this community. And right now, we have a financial need uh, that, that, that we're trying to meet. Um, and again, it's coming out of a, a summer where we've had a lot of national and international um, issues where people have been sending money to those issues. And so what we'd like to do is just let you know that we're here and um, we, we still have a need to meet uh, for the folks that we have in our community. And we're going to do our best to do that. Before we get to, 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 to your needs, and there's some things that you're, you're asking community for help, mm-hmm. but I want to talk a little bit about, um, about the people that are coming to you. How, how are they finding you? How, how can people, if, they, if they, they, they're in a situation where they, need, they do need help, where they're having trouble keeping the lights on or getting food on the table for their family or paying the, the gas bill for heat because winter's coming, we're not that far away. Uh, but how, how are people finding you? How, how are you accessible to those people? Well, social media has been, um, it's been really good uh, in, in the sense that it's been able to share our message with not only those who want to support uh, agencies like ours, but also those that have a need. Uh, the churches, for almost 30 years, have been great partners in, in when people approach the churches. It's generally one of the first instincts is to approach a church and you know share that need, and then they can refer is, on. Is that really where people go to first? I mean, is that kind of the story? I... Certain communities, smaller communities, and depending on... Um, depending on where those individuals have come from, certain communities may only have a church that provides the services that we do. And so uh, if there's a food pantry available in places like um, Lone Jack, uh, for example, it might be ran out of a church. And so the first instinct for individuals that may have lived there or passed through there is to go to a church. And so, yes, the first instinct for a number of families who have come from from uh, maybe smaller towns or more rural areas is to come visit the church first, and then that's where those partnerships come in, and the church can say, "You should look to Lee Summit Social Services," or depending on the depending on what what situation you're in. And the other part is, I talked about how great our partners are that we refer to. Well, they also refer to us, and so if someone walks into Rediscover, um, Rediscover might say, "You know what? We'll help you with this." particular component, but then we can also send you to Lee Summit Social Services, and they can help you with other components. And then just word of mouth. Uh, the families that donate to us, the the families that have been involved through volunteerism, you all, for example, uh, if someone approached you with a need, that first phone call might be to Lee Summit Social Services. The police department has been amazing in helping bridge that gap when they interact with somebody. And so that's one of the things that, that, that we rely on is that word of mouth and that, the, those individual contacts. How important is it to have those relationships you just talked about? Because I'm, I, I am going to assume 
that it's never one problem. There's never one hole that needs to be filled. And so you can't provide everything. That's right. And we don't want to try to do that. That's not that's not the purpose of agencies like ours. If we want to be really good at what we do, we need to find our niche and we need to stay there. And so it's one of the reasons why we don't provide behavioral health counseling. We know that we've got great partners that do that. And it's uh, it's one of the reasons why we don't provide spiritual counseling, you know. And so those partnerships are imperative to everything that we do. Agencies like ours don't survive without partnerships in the community. Um, the business community, the faith community, um, the individuals in this community, we cannot, we cannot move forward unless those relationships are sound. And we listen to that feedback and we find out what those agencies and what those entities need from us and we adapt and they do the same for us. But yeah, no, it's, it is the single most important component to our entire operation is those partner are those partnerships. All right. So let's say I am a person in Lee Summit or not in Lee Summit who has heard this podcast and am motivated to participate in some way to help you out. What kind of stuff do you guys have coming up uh, where someone may be able to uh, contribute or, or give in some way to, to help you further this mission? Well, thanks for that question. Um, you know, the, uh, the firefighters union here in Lee Summit uh, IAFF 2195 are doing some really cool things at each one of the seven stations starting on, I believe, September 9th, which is a Monday. They're going to have food barrels in each lobby of each fire department. So not only is it a great opportunity to stop by and get to know your firefighters um, and they'll give you a tour of their equipment and, and, and all that good stuff. But if you want to bring a canned good, stop in, say hi. We have the most amazing firefighters here in Lee Summit and they're awesome to know they're great people and the fact that they're willing to do this um, during I imagine some quite busy time uh, it's just fantastic and so we're grateful that the union has decided to do that and um, firefighter charities uh, has decided to take this on and so that's a great way to donate food and then get to know your fire fire uh, department and then we've also got uh, the Masonic Lodge of Lee Summit, and Robert Buchanan is hosting the Ride for Lee Summit on August 31st. So from 9 a.m. until it gets done, they're going to do a 100-mile motorcycle ride. And I don't quite know everywhere they're going, but they are starting at the, um, the Masonic Lodge up on 291, and so that's a 100-mile journey. And then aside from that, we're going to have some things coming out on social media, uh, events and other things to help us. Uh, make sure that we're taking care of our, our families uh, during the holidays. So I would suggest that you join our Facebook page um, and uh, and then keep up with Link to Lee Summit. And and I, I appreciate that you have you have adopted my my job of giving Nick work um, through the course of the podcast. <laughs> yes, you email Nick anytime. Uh, but no, you know we're going to have a lot of exciting events, and it's one of the things that we want to do is continue to let people know what we do and why we do it. Um, we try to be as transparent as possible. We want people to engage with our agency. Um, we believe it's essential to, to how we function is by having the community involved in everything that we do. Um, you know, we always take in pride and when we get a volunteer, we say we're going to keep you for life. Um, and, and sometimes life gets busy and we need more volunteers, uh, with our thrift store, that's a community thrift store. Our clients can receive items at no cost. Uh, in order to keep that running, we also need to bring in revenue so people can come in and shop there or donate there or volunteer there. So there's a number of different uh, places where people can serve in the community and, and certainly help help us uh, fulfill our mission. 
when does your your Christmas your holiday store when does that start? I know I know you said we're talking about it a little earlier this year, um, but when when does that actually open up? When 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 are you actually using that to help help the families and the people in the community? We're going to start that. It should be the last couple of weeks of November. We're still honing in on dates, and part of that has to do with the volume of kids that we're going to serve. Um, and so right now, the the you know right around Thanksgiving or shortly thereafter is going to be when we start our Thanksgiving program. The volume's up. We might start a little bit earlier. It's always difficult to run right up to Christmas Eve. Uh, we want our staff to be able to go home to their families as well, um, but we will do whatever we have to do. So right now, right after Thanksgiving is when we're planning. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you for taking time to come in, and uh, we look forward to, and I'm sure that anytime you want to share something, Nick will uh, put it out over over his channels. See how I committed him to that? See, <laughs> I love it. It's an expert. Well, let's do one more time. If people want to want to contact at least some of the social services, whether they want to want to offer to to help out with time, whether they want to write a giant check, I, I'm sure you won't say no to love checks. Giant checks. Um, or they have some some goods they want to donate because while we're talking about the holiday store coming up you you are always in need and can always make sure that things get out to people who need them so if they want to get involved no matter at, at what level whether it's whether it's time whether it's it's items whether it's money how can they how can they do that well, you can reach us at 525-4357-525 help you can go to our facebook page ls social services or you can visit us uh, on our website lssocialservices.com um, and that will direct you to uh, all of those arms of service in whatever form that might take. Or, again, you can reach out to Nick, and uh, he will make sure that you get connected with us. He'll Absolutely. He'll probably edit that out. But no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you, sir. We're putting Nick on the spot here. <laughs> Absolutely. That is that is part of our job. But one of the reasons that Jason and I started this was to, to encourage and celebrate people being involved in the community. So... Thank you, Matt, not only for coming on and, and, and talking with us this, this week, but also for the work you do in the community. We want to make sure that we, we celebrate that. So we'll give even one of our good onions. I'm always grateful for you guys. Thank you. All right. Well, that will wrap up our show for this week. I want to remind everybody again about our special, uh, the last of the three Teen Takeover episodes coming up on Friday. Jason, we'll talk to everyone next Wednesday. Woo. I want to take a moment to talk a little bit about one of our partner podcasts on the Fredcast Network. It is the Shred Podcast. Shred has been a sponsor of this program for a while, and they have a pretty special show of their own that they're working on, Jason. This is all about living a healthy lifestyle, hosted by Ryan Waters, owner of the Shred Gym here in Lee Summit, and Aaron Simpson, who is also a gym owner himself. Yep. Recent episodes are talks about supplements, uh, celebrating success stories. They did a mailbag, so they took questions and got that. And they really did harp on the importance of a healthy routine, which is something I think both you and I, Nick, could probably use a little work on. It, it, it's true. And, and, you know, sometimes the host, Ryan Waters, he gets a little preachy. He likes to make sure that people are doing their workouts correctly. So if you want to know how you're supposed to be lifting weights, the form, this is the one to listen to. So bend at the back, not at the knees, right? Right. Okay, absolutely correct. I, yes. Look, nailed but it. He is large and uh -huh. very, very muscular. I know. He might hurt you. He's also far away from me. He's also far so. away from me right now. So if you are ready to make that change and ready to live a more healthy lifestyle, check out the Shred Podcast on any of your favorite podcast apps. 
You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at link to Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall.
You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link2LeeSummit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall.